thank you for, um, you know, kind of kicking me because I have been kind of sticking with my, you know, circle of, of, uh, of business a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's fun to get outside my comfort level, right? I mean, seamstress sewing, seamstressness, you know, I mean. (laughs) Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community conversation and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Today's episode is sponsored by Secure Title. Secure Title helps Massachusetts real estate attorneys, real estate agents, loan professionals, buyers, and sellers with all of their title, settlement, and escrow needs. Secure Title, S E C U R I T I T L E.com, where security and title come together. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I'm grateful to have Audrey Clark of Rose Fine Alterations, a full service alteration shop in Southbridge, Massachusetts. Hey, Audrey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So happy to have you. So full service alteration shop, what is a full service alteration shop? So I'm a seamstress and um, there's very little I don't sew at this point. So all the normal things you think of, like getting your pants hemmed and, you know, getting dresses hemmed, things like that. And I do, you know, zippers. Um, I do a lot of wedding related stuff right now. So pretty much everything that you need sewing in. A seamstress, is that a, a common business these days? Not really, actually. So a lot of the reason I started my business is there was a huge gap in this area of seamstresses. So, you know, it's something we still need nowadays, even though it sounds a little old school, but you know, they're short people still exist. So we still need things hemmed and, you know, still need window treatments, things like that. So. So very cool. So how did you get into the art of seamstress? Well, I, I started sewing when I was in like elementary school or something, but I didn't really, you know, take to it very much at the time. And then when I graduated high school, I took an apprenticeship where I did more like bridal alterations and formal alterations and learned kind of the more tricky stuff. And I've always done um, costumes for theaters in the area before COVID when we actually did things like that. (laughs) So um, I kind of got a mix. I kind of got experience with a variety of things. And then I decided to open my own place. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Your company is Rose Fine Alterations in Southbridge, Massachusetts. When did you get started? So we're super new. Um, I opened March 2nd of 2021. So still. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So how was the ramp up? How was the startup? How was deciding to go into business? The, the should I do it? Should I not do it? Those questions in your head. How did that go? Yep. So it was definitely a little scary because opening a business kind of at the end of a global pandemic always kind of feels a little (laughs) like maybe this is the dumbest thing I've ever thought of but it has worked out great so far Um, the town's been great about coming out and supporting me so I always knew I wanted to open the shop but I didn't necessarily know when and I was kind of spurred to do that I think by the pandemic because it was 
really challenging to find a job. And I realized it's because nothing like this really exists. So I was like, well, it's kind of now or never, I guess I'll just give it a try. And it has worked in my favor so far. <laughs> really? So already you're in business for under two months and it's a success? Yes, which is insane. But um, the like I said, the town has been great about coming out and supporting me. And um, I'm currently inundated with prom. So I'm coming to you between hemming like a mad person. <sighs> but um, yeah, it has really taken off with all, a lot of the proms are still happening this season. And I'm kind of getting right now like a double wedding season because it's everyone who had to reschedule their wedding from last year and all the regular weddings that were supposed to happen this summer. So I'm kind of getting like a whole lot all at once, but I'm so glad. So how did you get your name out? Um, honestly, almost a hundred percent through social media. It was really crazy. I thought I would have to like, you know, come up with some creative advertising because I'm kind of a niche business. But Facebook and Instagram have been booking like 95% of my appointments. So I've been doing well with just that alone. When you say Facebook and Instagram are booking your appointments, what do you mean by that? So it, um, I have like a book now button at the top of my Facebook page. So um, because it's just me, I, I'm a one woman show over here. I just have appointments come one at a time. It takes you to my website and you can pick a time and date that works for you. And you can put like what item you're bringing in. So um, that's been bringing me a lot of my customers so far. So how is how are those posts getting in front of those people? Um, I'm lucky that our town has a huge Facebook page called Focused on Southbridge. And um, the administrator of that group has been very gracious with sharing my posts a lot. So they get in front of like, I think the group has like, I don't know, 5,000 members or something. And when I first opened, I did a press release with an online newspaper, the Citizens Chronicle. So I did that. That got some people. Um, they ended up printing it in a couple um, newspapers in the area. So a lot of people have come in and said, oh, I read your ad and you know, blah, blah. So that's been helping me kind of grow my following. And um, so, so you're utilizing social media to its max capacity and with a lot of people yeah. having, you know, uh, not been able to go places, they've really become reliant on social media. So what other avenues of social media are you using? Is it just um, Facebook and Instagram? Pretty much at this point, I did do a little bit of research before I opened to make sure that, you know, I wasn't like putting in a ton of effort and I wasn't going to see a lot of return. So I've been trying to gear my posts more towards the people I'm trying to reach and posting frequently and, you know, having a nice, having nice like colors and everything. People are attracted to that and trying to look at like the time of day you post matters a lot. So tell us about owner, that. So, so did you learn all of this on your own? Are you using a consultant to help you with this? Like, how do you know when to post, how to post, who to target, how much money to spend on that target and so on? Yeah. So before I opened, I worked through, when I was developing my business plan and everything, I worked through um, a couple of books. And the most helpful one I can recommend is I'm blanking on the author's name, but it's called mind your business. And it's very like workbook based, which kind of shows you, it has you break down very, very specifically your ideal customer and what you need to do to, you know, get in front of them. So that was super helpful. 
And um, honestly, the social media stuff, if you go to the analytics part of your account, it will show you like, oh, people are interacting most with your posts on Mondays and Wednesdays at 3 p.m. And then, you know, you can kind of clue into that. So you can be like, well, what if I start posting at two o'clock on Mondays and Wednesdays so that it gets the most traffic during those times? Or they can tell you like, oh, your audience right now is currently, you know, 80% women. So you could gear your post more towards women. So little things like that, that you can tweak that will have really helped me grow a lot in the very beginning. So Facebook itself has the automated instructional tool, almost like a bot that's explaining to you how to do it, like an assistant almost? Almost, but you have to go into, I highly recommend get the Facebook business suite, which is free and everything, but you have to, you go in and you just look at analytics and it's not going to tell you, but it'll just show you like graphs and charts and you can kind of pick through those, be like, oh, well, you know, I'm seeing that maybe your target audience like half your following is between 50 and 55, then you can try and target things more towards them, you know, so it'll show you little things like that. So when you say target, you're specifically saying, I want this ad to go in front of women who are between the ages of 50 and 62 in this region of the country. Yeah, basically. So you can kind of, when you're creating your social media content, you can you know, kind of gear it that way. And you can, you know, use a tone of voice that you think would be appropriate. And you don't always hit it like dead on. Like, I'm not saying like, I am the gold standard (laughs) of voice in social media. Like, this is how you do it. It doesn't like some posts that I thought were amazing. Like, you know, you get three likes and then it falls off the face of the earth and posts that I spent two seconds on, you know, get 10,000 hits or something like that. So it's, you know, I'm not saying there's like a, catch-all method that's going to work every time but there's little things you can do so you don't feel like you're just shooting in the dark but you keep trying but you're doing you're you're aiming a little bit more focused exactly that's awesome so you're two months in what was the most challenging part of getting the business going um probably finding a space was a little bit tricky um just because i'm by myself And so I need something pretty small. And it's actually, it was a little harder to find something super small, but I love the space I'm in right now. Um, It's the perfect size for me. I have plenty of room as it is right now. So, so that was probably the most challenging. So the people have to come to you though, correct? Yes. And how does that been? So I'm like a brick and mortar. So how has that been with, um, with COVID? So I just, um, people wear masks. And I, since the nature of my business is I can only take one customer at a time. So it hasn't been too tricky. Like I don't have to worry about like a capacity or anything like that. Cause it's, you know, I can only do one person at a time. So, so someone books a time, they come and visit with you. How, how long a period of time are they with you? It totally depends on the garment. Um, when I'm just doing a pants hemp, it'll probably take 10 minutes. If it's like, you know, you're getting a bridesmaid dress dealt with, usually I account like a half an hour for that. And for wedding dresses, um, they take a really long time (laughs) for me, but it's because I'm super detailed. So that can, I would definitely plan on like one to two hours (laughs) for a wedding dress. 
so when so you're not simply measuring them and taking it back and doing it later you're actually doing it and they're walking out with the garment no so that's the fitting so depending on what you're getting done so a hem obviously um you know you're just gonna stand there while i get the right measurement and everything and we can talk about what you want and we pin it that way but that's me pinning the garment to fit you so if like you need the waist taken and you need the shoulders taken up so I'm pinning it and we're talking about it and sometimes I have to move things while it's on you so that that's that time so then if it takes 10 minutes half hour hour and a half depending on the garment how long does it take you to actually do this the sewing so the sewing is also very dependent um because you know, every project kind of has different challenges and stuff that take more time. And there's things that are more tedious. Like if it has a ton of hand sewing that needs to happen to it, it's obviously going to be a more expensive job because it's more time consuming. But um, yeah, so I don't know, like, I mean, a pants hem obviously doesn't take me that long. It, you know, I just have to pin it, iron it. Ooh, but I'll give you like the most common misconception about sewing is people think the majority of my day is sitting at the sewing machine. Sewing is like 10% sewing at the sewing machine. <laughs> sewing is 90% ironing, marking, um, ripping old seams, moving things, pinning, like 90% of it is not at the sewing machine. That's really interesting. It's more about the preparation and, and getting it ready. And then yes. the quick execution is quick. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. So if, if someone's listening to this and they're like, you know what, I, I always love sewing, you know, I'd love to get into that. Like, how do they, how do they get into it to become a seamstress, not simply someone who sews? Yeah. So I would say, um, get an apprenticeship. Um, cause I think hands-on is the best way to learn a trade personally. So I, I didn't have go to like an apprenticeship program. I kind of had an informal thing where I went to an alteration shop and they kind of, you know, showed me what they were doing, things like that. Um, and definitely try all different avenues because, you know, sewing professionally seems like a really small job, but there's so many areas of it you can do. Like um, there's like theatrical sewing, sewing for ballet costumes is totally different than any other type of sewing there's a lot of different avenues you can go with it in my opinion. So definitely like try all the things and even like, you know, home decor, there's entire businesses that are like just curtains, drapes, all different types of window treatments. So if that's something you're super passionate about or like upholstery, that's its whole other business. There's, you know, always a need for upholstery shops, things like that. So I would recommend trying everything and trying to, you know, move your skills from the home level to like a professional level. Very cool. So you talked about a business plan. Where are you in your plan right now? Are you blowing it out of the water? Or are you right on track? How's it going? A little bit. So I was, um, I saved because um, I saved so that I could function for like a year without any income. And I actually made a profit within the first month of being open. So that was super surprising and definitely not part of my plan. I did not think it would grow as quickly as it has, but it's um, in high demand in my area. So it's it's worked out really well for me. But 
yeah, so I guess I'd say I'm further ahead in my plan than I thought. So, so let me ask you this. Do you now go back to your plan and amend it or are you going to stick with the plan? Um, I'm probably going to end up amending it because like my original plan was, you know, to keep it really small and just keep with the equipment I have right now and um, very quickly realizing that I may need more equipment and I may need to expand a little bit at this point. So hopefully down the road. So when did you project that you would need your first employee? Um, I think that what that was like five years and is where, where I kind of put that. Where do you think it'll be now? That's a scary thought. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to say two years in my heart, but probably maybe, yeah, we'll say two years. I'll say that. <laughs> maybe two months if you're going at the pace you're going. What makes it scary? Yes. What When your first instinct was that scary, what, what part of having an employee scares you? Um, my space right now and my equipment. So I only have one sewing machine. Um, I only really have space for one person to work in here. And I really like working by myself. So I would kind of miss that. And um, the training aspect of training a new person to come in and, you know, do what I do that that's obviously time consuming. What's the most time consuming uh, part of, of the job? I mean, at this point, probably like the bookkeeping that does take up a significant amount of my time and managing like inquiries because I get like a bunch of emails asking, you know, do you alter this? Do you alter that? And, you know, messages through social media. So managing all the like administrative, you know, stuff on your phone is <laughs> kind of time consuming. So maybe the first employee is not a seamstress. That's true. Maybe the Ooh. first em maybe the first employee is not actually an employee, but a gig economy type of employee, right? Yes, I've definitely thought about, like, I think the first person I would hire would probably be like a bookkeeper, because I'm not super savvy at it, but I'm like, doing enough where it's okay. <laughs> but having a professional would be really nice. You had mentioned you had listened to some of our other podcasts here on Elements of Styles. And there's one that hasn't, it's actually dropping today as we're talking today. On, oh, wow. Um, and, and he talks about addition by subtraction. He does it with his clients. He's a financial advisor. Uh, Mitch Custom Border is the episode. But um, he talks about addition by subtraction. And, you know, what we've learned in our business is, you know, let's put somebody in the, in the seat that's going to be most successful for them. How do we remove the noise? What's, what's making them less productive? How do we eliminate that subtract, right? Addition by subtraction. So, you know, I would encourage you to look into uh, virtual assistants, right? You're already there with Facebook and Instagram and you're, you know, you're in that new, you know, uh, industry of, of online marketing and so forth. They're out there marketing their services also and there are bookkeepers that can subtract that from your plate so you can focus on what's really really important and then the same thing with your marketing right you're doing a great job so right now why would you hire someone right mm -hmm. but depending on where your business model's going right if you're really amending your business model and 
there's another book I would recommend. Um, I, I love the book that you had recommended and I, I made a, a note of it. We're going to talk about it in the show notes below the mind, your business, a workbook to grow your creative passion into a full-time gig. Is that the one you were referring yes, to? Yes. I, I love that book. I started that. I, I got that book like two years ago. Like I wasn't even, but I highly recommend it. Even if you've ever had like a notion of starting a business, even if you're not like in the, you know, if you're not executing, that is what got me to executing was that book working through those small steps. There's always stuff you can do to prepare. So that's what I loved about it. What, what, uh, what, so, so tell me about the book because now I'm looking at it as, do I get this on audible or do I get this in the workbook format? Right. It looks more like a, you know, more of a workbook strategy book. Yeah. I, I mean, I would not get this book on audible cause it's definitely like, you know, more writing things out and they want you to make some charts in there and developing, you know, like cohesive branding and things like that. So I would definitely not recommend it might be kind of a boring audiobook. <laughs> so you got the most out of that book. You didn't skim it. You you dove in head first and you were moved by that book. Yes, I really, really loved it. Moved to action. So what I was saying though is with your business model doing twice, three times what is there's a book called 10X that we've talked about on this show a bunch too. And that is, you know, something where, you know, you put your goals out there, but you put them 10 times what you would think, because the theory being, right, the theory being is if you say, I want to generate $50,000 in income, right? Well, yeah. you might not generate $50,000 in income, you might do 40 and you'd be really happy. But if you said, I want to generate $500,000, 10X, Grant Cardone, highly recommend it, then maybe I get 200000 I fell short, but whoa, was I well beyond the 50000 So yeah. maybe that's, that's the next one. But I'm really excited for you. That's a, that's, a, that's a huge success story, which a lot of people want to hear about now in the post-COVID era, right? So all these retailers and this and that help me understand where trade in America is. And, and you had mentioned that you have a trade. Is there, is there going to be a lot more people like yourselves opening up these trade type businesses? I'm certainly hoping so, but I think we really are moving away from um, the traditional, like, you know, go to a four-year college and then move into a corporate job. I think we're missing a lot of those, you know, critical jobs that we still need nowadays. Like I always use the example of my, um, a plumber because, you know, our plumber, he works in a trade, but he has like, you know, a house that's three times the size of mine. And he has like a super fancy car as opposed to someone who, you know, works in like a regular, you know, day-to-day -day office job. So these are jobs that are still needed and, you know, people are still willing to pay for these services because when your sink breaks, what are you going to do? You have to call a plumber. You can't, you know, most of us don't know how to fix it themselves. I don't know how to fix it myself. <laughs> so I think there's still a great need for tradespeople even nowadays. And I think for the last, like, I don't know, five to 10 years or so, like when I was going through high school, 
there was such a huge push for STEM education, which is really important. And everyone should have that, you know, like I took all my STEM classes, but it was like, the focus was like, oh yeah, if you're, you know, if you want to make money, you need to go into a STEM field. And I just don't think that's the case anymore. And I, I don't think it's ever been the case. And I think there's definitely more than one way to make money. And ultimately it's usually easier to make money if you're doing something that you enjoy doing. Yes. <laughs> and you enjoy seamstress. Is it seamstress? What, what it would be the term of the art? Seamstress? Um, I guess just sewing. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of like a cool word. <laughs> <laughs> Might help with the Facebook marketing, but the sewing you are so you are a seamstress though that's the yeah. that's the, the trade okay cool yeah i'm really fascinated to see where trades go in the next few years i think the higher education has been somewhat exposed through covid mm -hmm. and a lot of people are are wondering whether it makes sense to go to a four-year school and have three hundred thousand dollars or more in debt and have a okay job but saddled with debt so you know i i commend you and i uh i love the small business owners of america uh, because really that's that's what this country's made of and you, you hear so often you know there was a there was a wonderful podcast with joe rogan and elon musk um talking about you know the fact that in america we don't really make anything you know we yeah we train people to create these financial uh, derivatives and these, uh, you know, create uh, laws and do things that don't create anything tangible. And now we've, you know, we've got some companies that are starting to do that, like yourself, bringing it back to America. And it's really, it's really interesting. And, and I commend you and I am uh, congratulating you on your early success and your continued success but as you celebrate and you go to a local uh, establishment and they have karaoke playing <laughs> and your friends all say, Audrey, it's your turn. You have to sing it. Audrey, what are you going to sing? Um, show tunes, 100%. The current obsession is Hamilton, the musical, just because it came out on um, Disney Plus and everything. But literally any musical, show tunes all the way. That's the only way to go. Which one? Here it is. I'm at the I'm at the the karaoke jockey booth right now. What is it, Audrey? What do you want to play? You're up next. What do you want to play? All right. Um. Hmm. Let's say I'm trying to think of my favorite one. But it's also which one you can sing and feel confident. It's the one you have sang in the show. So you've never done karaoke, apparently. No, and this is so bad because I actually like do a lot of music and a lot of singing, but I like I'm a church musician and everything. So this is like super exposing me, huh, but <laughs> I guess I've never sang in like a casual setting. Um, all right, let me think of the best one. I guess the opening song from Hamilton. So Alexander Hamilton. Cool, that's a great song. We talk about having all of the podcast guests come to a, an event and that's the song you're gonna sing when we all get together. But most, <laughs> the, the most important question of them all today, Audrey, how do folks get in touch with you? So I have a website, it's just rosefinealterations.square.site. Um, 
and you can book appointments on there. You can check out um, some of my services and things like that. Otherwise, um, definitely go follow my Facebook page. It's just Rose Fine Alterations. It's a regular business page. And my Instagram is at Rose Fine Alterations. And I'm post always posting pictures of whatever project I'm working on or, you know, all the things going on at the shop. So, and I keep those updated pretty regularly. Awesome. Audrey, thank you so much for joining the show and we congratulate you and we wish you the best of luck going forward. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.